Well, hello again, everybody. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Hershey Free Church. We have been talking about the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus, comes up again in Deuteronomy. And so we're going to talk about one of the big Ten Commandments. We're going to be at number three, commandment number three today. But before we jump into that, uh, I think this might help us kind of set the ground level and set up a stage for understanding what the third commandment really means. So here's a question that I have for all of you listening at home today. Have you ever had to wear a uniform? Uh, maybe it was for work. Maybe it was for school. I had to wear a school uniform when I was uh, at, a, at a high school. Uh, maybe it was a, a sports team that you were part of. Did you ever have to wear a uniform? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming most of you, if not all of you, have had to at some point, or maybe you have a job now where, or a school that you go to now where you do have to wear a uniform. Uh, uniforms are important. Uh, we can tell from this picture, we can get a basic idea of what these different people do. Are they in business? Are uh, work in construction? Are they, uh, you know, some kind of medical professional or, or a nurse or a doctor or something like that, a chef? Uh, you know, you can look at a uniform and tell what someone does. And uh, even even more important than that, a uniform communicates that you're a part of something bigger than just yourself. You, you, you represent the hospital in this case or the construction company and, and the standards that come with building codes and, and things like that in that case. A, a uniform communicates that you have a certain role, you have an expertise, you are, you are qualified to do this job or play that sport or you know, be at that school or teach that class, you know, whatever it may be. And you're a part of something that is bigger than yourself. Now, with that said, I want to look at a very important uniform uh, or outfit that someone in the Old Testament had to wear. It comes up just a few chapters after the Ten Commandments are introduced in Exodus uh, 28, I believe it is. And so this is a uniform for the high priest in ancient Israel. So uh, every people group in the ancient world, they had various gods or, or sometimes just one god usually multiple gods that they would worship. And there were people within that community, within that civilization that acted as as representatives uh, of the people before their God and, and vice versa. The God would instruct them to you know, tell the people various things through different rituals and, and festivals and feasts and sacrifices, things like that. And so there were religious leaders that filled in the gap between the God and the people. And these were usually called priests. Okay, And so ancient Israel had many priests. There was one priest that had uh, a very significant role, a much more, as you can imagine, a, a weighty or, or heavier role than all the other priests, and that was the, the high priest, the chief of the priests. He was the high priest. Uh, he had some pretty significant responsibilities. So this is his purpose, to serve as the representative and mediator between the people and Yahweh. So no big deal, right? Uh, no, he, he had a, a very weighty role, a very important role, and th- this is some of his responsibilities. He was to see that the covenant between God and Israel was enforced. He was to direct people on the duties of the temple and instruct them in the law of Moses or the law that God gave to the people uh, through the prophet Moses. Uh, he was to point people's hearts towards God and, and direct them on how to do sacrifices and, 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 and offerings in a way that pleased God. Uh, he had responsibilities to bless the people at different times. He had a, a very important visual role to play at the, at the Day of Atonement and, and different kind of feasts and festivals like this. He had a very important role. And along with that role, he had a very important uniform. And everything on his uniform, it, it communicated or symbolized something very significant about what he had to do, not only as a priest, but as the high priest. 
Now, there's, and you, I, I'm going to tell you where we're going with this, so just hang on with me, but there were three very important pieces of his uniform, his outfit that I want to talk to you about today. The first, I know you can't read the words, that's, imp- that's not important, is his hat or his turban. So we're going to talk about something that is on his turban. And also, this is called the ephod, this uh, chest piece. It's like a vest with different stones in it and things like that. I want to talk about that. So there were three pieces of his uniform that are significant to understanding the third commandment, okay? The first was the ephod. Again, that was the hat that he wore. And as you can see, engraved on here, uh, this is a golden plate on the top of his hat, and on, on engraved on here was this, uh, Exodus twenty-eight twenty-nine. The high priest will bear or, or carry with him this engraving, bear the names of the sons of Israel over, the, over his heart on the breastplate. Uh, sorry, I think I might have gotten that. Uh, I, I got the thing mixed up. The turban is the last thing. So excuse what I said. The, the first thing I'm going to talk about is actually his, his chest piece here. I forgot the order of the slides there. So in these stones, you can see there's 12 of them. In those stones is engraved the name of one of the tribes of Israel. So basically, uh, his role here is to represent all the people of Israel, the different tribes. Maybe we could compare them to states or communities in, in our context. He was representing them before God. He was kind of like the moral compass, the, the moral standard by which the rest of Israel had to operate. Uh, so sorry, here, I'll, I'll, I'll back up here. Uh, the, the second thing I want to mention is the decision stones. It comes up in verse 30. The high priest will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelite over his heart before the Lord. So it's not pictured in here, but somewhere on his chest, we're not sure exactly how it was positioned, but there was some kind of pouch that had these stones in it. And, and these stones were used when there was a big decision that had to be made. I'm, I'm talking very weighty, important decisions that had to have an urgent answer from God. You would go to the high priest and, hey, we, we need a word from God. God. And he would pull out these stones. They had different colors for yes or no. And, and he would wait, make these weighty decisions. He had to bear or carry with him these, the, the decision-making uh, responsibility. He had to carry that with him. And then the third uh, that, I, that I skipped ahead to a second ago is, is on the turban, on the hat. Make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it as a seal, holy to the Lord. That could also be translated as belonging to the Lord or property of Yahweh, something like that. Holy and, and, and carrying with him the name of the Lord. And so this was to be worn on his, uh, the top of his hat. So whenever you saw this guy, if you looked him in the eyes, one of the first things you would see right above him was the name of God and plastered on there is, is something like translated belonging to the Lord. I mean, just, just kind of sit with this for a minute and I don't know, I like to kind of picture myself in the story sometimes when I'm reading the Bible. I mean, imagine you're the high priest, you've just been coronated or you're about to be coronated and you're given your outfit and there's these priest and temple administrative staff that are helping you get dressed and buckled and, and put your hat on in the right way so that you're, you're very presentable before the people. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they hand him the vest and say, hey, here's, here's your ephod. And uh, on here, these stones are important. Don't scuff them up. They, they have the names of Israel. Basically means that you're kind of like our moral representative. When it comes to the ethics that, that we should live by, you, you're kind of the poster child for that. So don't do anything dumb. Okay. Okay. Good. Next, uh, here's the decision stones. You can wear them around your neck, put them on your chest, or whatever. If we have to make a weighty decision, like I don't know, should we go to war and you know sacrifice all of our men to fight the Assyrians, or you know something minor like that, you know that's kind of on you. So you have to carry this this weight with you. Uh, oh, one more thing, the hat. On here it says that you are holy unto the, unto the Lord. So again, you represent us before God, and, and you actually carry God's name on literally your head. So. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay, anyway, it's time for you to exit the stage. Uh, I mean, I mean, just kind of sit with that for a minute. Sit with the burden and the weight it took for him to literally carry 
the names of Israel, to carry the decision stones, the, 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 the divine, divination stones, to carry with him the name of God actually on his forehead. Just picture that for a minute. This understanding of the priest uniform, those three things helps us understand the backdrop of the third commandment. Because really the point here I'm trying to make is that when the high priest wore God's name well, and things worked out very great, he engendered respect for himself and for the God of Israel. And when he wore the name wrongly, it would enrage the Lord. And there are examples that we saw last week of that, uh, such as Aaron when he melted down gold and built a golden calf. That, that, that was not the, the way that the high priest ought to operate, carrying the name of God. And likewise for us, when someone like us carries a title well, we earn the respect of people. If we carry our title, our role, our, our uniform, if we carry that in a way that is done wrongly, if we miscarry our title or role, it can enrage people. And here's an example I want to leave you with. So I want you to imagine uh, a police officer, okay? And so we, we can all picture the stories of police officers who have acted in valiant, heroic ways. They've, they've run straight into gunfire and have, have grabbed kids and shielded, shielded people with their own body from the bullet fire of, of gangs or, or terrible people. And, and, and you know, we, whether they make it out alive or not, we, we remember these people and they, their pictures are in the newspaper. They're on the news and, and we commemorate them and, and congratulate them and, and we try to get interviews. I mean, it's just such a great thing when they represent their role as law enforcement officers well. Now think of the other side of that. Think of different things you've seen in the news, even in recent days, where police officers have, have misused their authority. They have, they have misused their power and done, and done terrible things. And, and how that just enrages people and creates mobs and the destruction of property and, and, and the chants that come from crowds. When, when a police officer misuses the role they carry, the, the shield, the emblem they wear on their uniform, when they misrepresent that, it just enrages people and makes people question all of law enforcement altogether. Right. Another example, maybe you work at a company with, with a CEO, and let's, let's say your CEO stands up one day and announces there, there are budget cuts that need to be made. I expect you and your team and your department to be frugal and to eliminate resources and do a 15% cut, or you know, you know, there may be layoffs in the future, you know, what, whatever that may be, but, but we're going to be in this together. And now imagine the CEO leaves the stage, and you can see across the parking lot they... Uh, th- this lady walks across the street and boards a public city bus for a buck fifty to go to her next meeting. I mean, that just communicates that what you said and what you did, they, they match. And I'm on board with this. If, if you can do it, I can. I mean, it's just, it gains respect. Now, imagine the same CEO makes that speech about making cuts and being more frugal and laying off people in departments. And then she exits the back door. You look out the window and see her board a private jet with top shelf champagne in her hand laughing and giggling on her expensive phone i mean that just i'm not i'm not i'm not going to follow that person i mean it just enrages you when you see the hypocrisy leaking out of of this person here's here's the point that i am trying to make today when someone carries a title well they earn our respect however when someone carries a title wrongly it absolutely enrages us This is what I want you to understand and think about as we look at the wording of the third commandment, okay? So here's commandment number three from Exodus 20, verse 7. Commandment number three reads this way. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now, perhaps you have a translation of the Bible that reads a little differently. Maybe it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord 
in vain or, or to take or to carry. Or maybe, maybe you have a translation that says you shall not bear the Lord's name uh, in, in an inappropriate way or whatever. Well, that word misuse, the word misuse right here is actually the same Hebrew word, the word nasah, that's used in the uniform for the high priest that we mentioned. The high priest was to nasah, the name of God, on his head. Belong, holy to the Lord, belonging to the Lord. He was to nasah, to carry that name. He was to nasah, or to carry with him, to bear with him, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel on his chest, representing the 12 tribes and the people of, of, Israel, of Israel before God. He was to nasah, the, the decision-making stones, and the decision-making uh, capabilities, the authority behind it. He was to nasah that, to carry that. In the same way, we are not to nasah the name of the Lord God in a way that is wrong. We are not to misuse or to miscarry, to carry that, to bear his name in a way that is inappropriate or goes against his character, okay? Now, if you happen to know Hebrew or familiar with Hebrew letters here, here's the Hebrew uh, word. Remember, read right to left. That's how Hebrew works. So, nasah is this word. It means to carry or to lift up or to raise or to bring or take with you. So, this, this is actually a common word used in the Hebrew Bible. So it mean, again, it means to carry. It's like when workers carry supplies or an animal carries a yoke or a branch is, is carrying or holding fruit on the branch ripe to be picked. It means to lift up like uh, it's used in, in Genesis when the, when the floodwaters lifted up the ark and nasah, the ark, the uh, uh, wings that are lifting up a bird or when someone lifts up their eyes or their head to, to look at something, they, they lift that up. That's nasah, the word nasah. It can be used metaphorically like bearing a burden. Uh, it can be used physically carrying something. It's used in that way, but also carrying a burden, carrying a weight, carrying something that, that, is, that is heavy. That's what the word nasah means. And so here's what he's talking about when he says, do not misuse, do not, do not wrongly nasah the Lord's name. Don't carry his name with you in a way that is vain or incongruent with the character of God. Represent God, represent God if you were going to bear or carry his name. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, uh, I, I grew up hearing that the third commandment basically meant that you can't use God's name as a, as a swear word. And that, and that was kind of the extent. So, so obeying the third commandment of when, as the way I was taught when I was a kid was, was very simple. Just never say, oh my God, right? Never say that in, uh, in a, unless you're praying, I guess. And, and if, you're, if you're angry or venting, you can't say, you know, Jesus Christ. You can say, oh, stink or, you know, something like that. But, but, but don't say Jesus Christ when you're venting. And as long as you do that, you're not breaking the third commandment. You're good. That's the easy one to keep. Well, that, that, was a very limited, that was a very limited interpretation and a very low bar to set for the third commandment. Uh, in fact, it reminds me of my youth pastor uh, growing up. His name was Doug Weber, and he had this pet peeve because uh, you know how we do. We, we substitute other names for the name of God. When we want to, to vent or show frustration. And so in our youth group, somebody might say, oh, my gosh. And my youth pastor would just jump in. That was his pet peeve. And he would say, well, tell me about your gosh. I've never heard of your gosh. I'd love to hear more about your gosh. In fact, why are you using your gosh's name so much? If you, I mean, he would just, he would jump in. That was a big pet peeve of his and kind of a funny thing in our youth group. We would, uh, unfortunately, backfired because we would say it just to get him uh, angry. But, but hey, just, so here's a question. Is the third commandment just telling us not to use God's name as a swear word? And as long as we don't do that, we're good? No, that, that is not a proper interpretation or understanding of the third commandment. Now, it's probably not a good thing to swear using God's name. That's probably not a very respectful thing, so don't, you know, don't do that. That's, that's probably not a good thing to do. Teach your kids to, to vent in, in other ways, healthy ways, I guess. 
But the third commandment means so much more than that. It means not to misrepresent, to miscarry, to mis to mis uh, use in a way that people can see, to not bear God's name in a way that shows that are you really one of His people? Because you're not carrying His title, His name, very well. Now, unfortunately, many of us have seen God's name used in inappropriate ways. We have seen God's name misused and his name born in an inappropriate way. I'm thinking of cases of spiritual abuse. Some of you have suffered from spiritual abuse. Maybe you grew up in a household where your father said, this is a Christian home and I'm the man of this home and you're going to submit and you're going to know your place. And, and, and he, carried, he carried this idea of submission way too far. And, and it was actually it was spiritual abuse that you suffered in, in the name of God. That, that enrages you to, to think back to that or if you know somebody that has had that kind of experience. Some of you have unfortunately been shamed in the name of God. Um, We can think of examples of young ladies who went to Christian schools at various points, and and, and maybe if she became pregnant, she was kicked out of the school and and shamed, and her name was not to be mentioned. She was not to be affiliated with. And and maybe the guy that was a part of that equation, he was fine. He was untouched. Nobody said anything about him. He became class president, but but she was shamed, all in the name of God because of this mistake that was made or it's the person that has an alternative sexual orientation and they're just asked to you must leave the church you're not welcome here you can't come here you don't belong here and instead of having an actual dialogue with someone about what it means to follow Jesus and to live in a way that is is honoring to him with your sexuality instead of having a conversation in an honoring way they, they were just shamed and and kicked out these are the kind of things that enrage us when something is done in the name of God Man, that enrages us. It enrages people who are not called by his name even more. Unfortunately, some of you have seen church leaders that abuse their power in the name of God. It's the priest who meets one-on-one with the child uh, in an inappropriate way behind closed doors, all in the name of God. It's the missionary who misuses support money, given in good faith, and he misuses that in the name of God. It's the youth pastor who takes advantage of the kids in the youth group, all in the name of God. And I'm sure, I'm sure many of us could go back and forth and list the names of famous, famous pastors, famous preachers, famous evangelists who have completely tarnished the name of God based with, with their platform. We, we could talk about James McDonald and, and Bill Hybels and, and Mark Driscoll and Ravi Zacharias, and we could keep going. We don't need to take time talking about these people who have, who have misused God's name, who have misused God's name and enraged everyone and have driven hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, away from the faith completely because they have miscarried, misrepresented God, all in the name of God. These are the things, nothing enrages us more than when we see this happen. Look at the second part of this verse. I believe I have it up here. Oh, sorry. I'll, get to, I'll just read it for you. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And here's what it says. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be considered a part of the second half of that verse. Instead, when we carry God's name well, we earn respect. We carry God's name well, wrongly, we enrage people. And we've all seen God's name misused. We've all heard the stories or seen the tales of black people who were enslaved in God's name or of countries who have gone to war in God's name, or politicians who have committed genocide in God's name, or leaders who have abused their power in God's name, and it gives God a, a bad reputation and turns people away from wanting anything to do with this. It only takes one bad judge to make you question the whole judicial system. It only takes one bad referee to call the, 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 the outcome of the game into question. It only takes one bad cop to make you question all of law enforcement. Likewise, it only takes one Christian who 
misuses that title. Christ is in their, t- in their uh, identity. It only takes one bad Christian to make someone else question all of Christianity and the church completely. It is true that when we carry God's name wrongly, we enrage people. But it's also true that when we carry God's name well, we earn respect. And we gain respect for God. His reputation and his name and his glory, his praise goes up when we do that appropriately. Now, we've all heard the horror stories. We've all heard the bad stories of people who have dragged God's name through the mud because they have misused or, or, or taken God's name in vain. We, we all know those. But the truth is, you've heard these and you're still here. You're still watching. You're, you're, you're still a believer. So what, why is that? Why are you still here despite the fact that people have broken the third commandment blatantly in front of you? What, why are you still here? I'll tell you why you're still here. It's because you have seen firsthand someone who has, has borne his name well. It's because you have seen firsthand someone who lived with Jesus and loved like Jesus and led others to do the same. You have seen that firsthand. That's why you're still here. It's because you know people who have carried God's name well. They have, done, they have lived their life with such integrity and with such congruency and with such high character and with such selflessness. You have seen people that have done this so well, and that's why you're still here. So here's what I want to do. I want to take 30 seconds. I want to take 30 seconds. There are plenty of failure stories, but what's the success story of someone who has carried God's name well? I'm literally going to give you 30 seconds to think or talk with people in the living room. What's the success story of someone who has carried God's name well? If you need more time, feel free to pause this video, continue talking with people in the room or or praying by yourself if that's the case. But I'm sure all of us could think of people that have carried God's name well and has earned the respect of you and those who aren't even Christians to honor and and respect the reputation of God's name. Maybe you thought of Fred Rogers or Mother Teresa. I I know I I personally thought of J.E. and Betsy Skinner. I thought of Doug and Amy Weber. I thought of people right here at Hershey Free Church. There are people right here watching this video who in the name of God have cared for foster kids, who in the name of God who have run our compassion ministry, or in the name of God have served on the Beyond the Walls leadership team, or in the name of God have led core small groups of young people, or in the name of God have cooked meals for Alpha program, or in the name of God have dedicated years of their life to Milton Hershey School. There are people watching this right now who you have borne the name of God well, and, and that has been such a testimony to God's reputation and name. When we carry God's name well, we earn respect. When we carry God's name wrongly, we enrage people. And so my final question is this, is what do you think would happen if we could say with Jeremiah, I bear your name, Lord God Almighty? What, what, what could this community of faith be like if, if, if we could identify with God's people in the times of Deuteronomy? All the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. What kind of church could this be if, if we could rally around that? What if we could follow Paul's advice and give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, what if we were able to say with Paul that we, we are unified with one another in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, what if we could say this, that whatever we say or do, whether in word or deed, we are doing this openly in the name of the Lord Jesus?
This could be a beautiful community, and we could earn people's respect and earn a higher reputation for God's name if we took the third commandment seriously. With that said, I just want to remind you that in a few minutes here, the screen is going to go blank, and you're going to be tempted to think church is over. But let me remind you that you are the church. The church is far from over. You are not being dismissed today. You are being sent. You are being sent to represent or represent God in his name and reputation. You are being sent to live tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day with integrity in God's name. You are being sent to bear the name of the Lord on yourself. You are sent. Thank you.